The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and as I like to remind you each week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And I should mention that we are going to press uh, in another day or so with this monthly letter, with the July monthly letter. And we have some, I think, really interesting new recommendations that I've made, uh, gold mining company recommendations. And by the way, I know people don't want to buy gold stocks these days. That's why they're as depressed as they've been over the last 10 years. We're at a triple bottom now. But I think all of the, uh, all of the pieces are in place for a major rise in gold and silver prices. And we're going to be talking to some of our guests about that later today. But it is times like these when prices are very, very low uh, when, uh, when really successful investors step in. You can't just buy anything. You've got to buy the good shares. You've got to buy the companies that make sense, the ones that have the goods. The fundamentals are in place. But just to name a few of those that I will be featuring in my monthly letter, Midas Gold Corp., Mirasol Resources, New Legacy Gold Corp., and SGX Resources. Those are new recommendations I made this last month. They will be featured in my monthly newsletter. And this week, I have another really exciting uh, recommendation. Uh, it's a company that has 7.8 million ounces of gold outstanding, selling at about $1.78 with 150 million shares of stock outstanding, but it also has projects in Nevada as well as in the Red Lake District uh, that could be equally as impressive. I think one of the most exciting stories I've seen in a long time, selling, as I say, at $1.78, it had been up to $8 uh, in uh, November. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2011, in the spring of 2011. So we're looking at, uh, I think, a great opportunity. I know this is a time when the Doug Casey's of this ru- world, the Rick Rules of this world, are stepping in and buying uh, shares in these kinds of companies. I think it is a great time for you to check out my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. And you can do that by going to miningstocks.com. Miningstocks.com. I'm also, uh, my company, Taylor Hard Money, is also in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And there, I believe, still time, another couple of days. Uh, if your name is on the waiting list, you can 
uh, you can still sign up for Chen. He only accepts new subscribers at the beginning of each quarter. So you can call Claudio Bassi at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426, or you can also go uh, to our website uh, at miningstocks.com to sign up. I like to tell you that the best place to go for everything that I do, that is to catch uh, my newsletter, this radio show, uh, Chen's radio, uh, Chen's um, newsletter, and all manner of other things that I'm involved with, you can go to J Taylor Media. That's J A Y Taylor Media dot com, and you can follow me uh, also on Twitter under the J Taylor Media dot com handle. We do want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. And uh, I do want to also thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. For the uh, for today's show, our sponsors are uh, Balmoral. Uh, I'm sorry, Blue Gold Waters Technology, Prophecy Platinum, Balmoral Resources, Golden Arrow Resources, and SGX Resources. Just a word about some of these companies: Balmoral Resources selling at 41 cents, up five and a half cents today. Uh, it talked. To put out a press release today talking about how it is increasing its holdings in the area where it is produced. It is coming up with some very, very nice numbers and uh, a very nice uh, gold resource in uh, in Quebec. And so it has staked another uh, large uh, territory there uh, in Quebec. So we will be talking to the CEO of Balmoral sometime in the near future on this show. Uh, Blue Goldwater Technologies is selling at 27 cents. Uh, we've got Prophecy Platinum, which is certainly a, a favorite of mine. We talked uh, to the CEO of that company on this show last week, uh, selling at uh, 62 cents, up two cents today. SGX Resources, an exploration stock uh, at six cents, but with some great prospects. We'll be talking to Dale Ginn about that in the near future sometime. Uh, and um, Golden Arrow Resources, which is on to a very, very significant uh, silver deposit discovery in Argentina, selling at 23 cents up a penny and a half today. Um, well, as I say, I believe that we could be on to a very major run in the gold share market today. I looked at the, S, uh, the S&P TSX gold share index. It's up over six points uh, to 174. Now, it, this had recently fallen to uh, a triple bottom, really, at 160. You go back to when gold was selling at $300, the index was at 160. And after the Lehman Brothers plunge, it fell to 160. And now recently hit 160 again. My sense is even if the gold shares are, if, if gold and silver bullion have not bottomed, that the downside risk for these gold mining shares is very, very minimal. That's not to say uh, you can just throw darts at these things. Absolutely not. I think you have to be very conscious of the management, the quality of the projects these companies have, all the economic factors uh, and, pr- and prospective economic uh, factors that come into play. You need to be aware of all that before you buy these things. But, of course, that's what I do. Some of the other people uh, that I have on this show, like Eric Coffin and, and Brent Cook, for example, uh, are two guys that, that really know their stuff. They come on and explain to you and provide some good ideas about uh, where you might make some money and with the least amount of risk possible in this very difficult market. I continue to like very much the project generators uh, because I think that is a model that reduces uh, the risks inherent in this business. I also like companies that are producing really good cash flows. And here again, a former sponsor of this show that I really, really love is um, 
uh, is sand, well, sand gold is in, in production right now, uh, but also the Peruvian company that is doing extremely well, uh, that I love so much is, uh, with lots of good, uh, with lots of good production. Uh, and, um, of course, uh, my mind, I'm drawing a blank Dynacore gold mines. I'm sorry. I don't know why I've got so many things in my mind, but Dynacore gold mines came out with some wonderful assays today, some on their Tumi Prapa, uh, Tumi Pampa property. Now that is a property where they have a resource, a historic resource. They are now in the process of providing a 43101 resource and that work that they put out uh, is uh, the, the essays, assays that they came out with today are very, very attractive with gold, silver and base metals and uh, I would encourage you to take a look at that. What I really like about Dynacor is positive cash flows, 28 million shares of stock or so outstanding. They don't issue new shares. They just keep making money more and more profits by processing other people's high-grade ores. So Dynacore and a lot of other companies that are in production, uh, that is really the way I like to play uh, this market at this time. And uh, I believe that those companies that are producing with lots of exploration potential will be the first ones that you're going to see rise very dramatically when the gold uh, markets rise. What will make the gold markets rise? Well, if you were to listen to the mainstream media, there's nothing, no reason in the world why you would need to own gold. Uh, and, uh, however, of course, this show is not about the mainstream. This show is about providing ideas we believe, I believe, very strongly, and most of the people in this show believe to a greater or lesser degree that the mainstream isn't really giving you the straight talk. They're not really giving you the straight truth about a lot of things that are going on. And, uh, and so what we try to do on this show is to look underneath the surface and try to find uh, some answers uh, to what are the causes of what is going on uh, in the markets these days. Now, un- not, unre- not unrelated to markets, I believe and feel very firmly, uh, is issues about uh, our military-industrial complex and what our country is doing geopolitically. Uh, I do not think uh, that Ron Paul was wrong when he said that the reason they came over here in 9-11 is because we're over there. We have a country that goes into 116 or 120 different countries around the world. The United States military goes in there. We, we, we go out and we... Uh, admit that we are changing regimes. We want to do that. We're saying we're changing regimes. We go right in and tell other countries uh, that they can't allow airplanes to fly over their airspace. We are the dictator of the world, the United States government. Uh, and so Edward Snowden, is he a villain or a hero? That's a topic we're going to talk about today. Michael Krieger visits for the first time, and we meet uh, once again with John Rubino of dollarcollapse.com fame. Uh, on, we celebrated our 237th birthday. The United States of America did back in on July 4th. Uh, but did we really celebrate? Is this really the America that we live in, uh, that we are now living in, or is it an international dictatorship? I believe, unfortunately, we're moving towards the latter. Would Washington, Madison, Jefferson, uh, those folks, those guys that risked their lives by challenging the evil doings of a king? of England back in those days, King, uh, would they view Edward Snowden as a villain or a hero? Well, new revelations come almost every day uh, about how extensively and perniciously Americans are being spied on and how information being gathered is being used even to blackmail the president, potentially, and uh, the Supreme Court justice. We're going to hear an allegation in a few minutes of that from uh, an earlier whistleblower on the NSA. Uh, so, is NSA a fascist arm of corporate elites? 
in the process of destroying capitalism? That's a question we want to raise today. What does this uh, tyranny mean for our financial markets and our economy and our overall well-being? Well, I think both uh, Michael Krieger and John Robino, uh, who participated with me at the Liberty Mastermind Symposium in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, will definitely have some ideas about uh, about those issues. Both of these gentlemen are former Wall Street professionals, but both have a disdain for what I think is really a fascist mindset uh, uh, on modern-day Wall Street. So we'll talk to them about the linkage between freedom and prosperity, the economy. Uh, and as I say, I'm sure they'll have some definite uh, comments to make along those lines. Toward the end of the show, my friend and talk show host Alan Butler will be joining me. Uh, I have been a guest on Alan's show many times in the past, and he plays this show. Um, he, he really uh, he comes on, actually plays this show, the one you're listening to now, on his own network. He has a lot of really interesting people, Peter Schiff for one, uh, a lot of very interesting people on his network that he plays from time to time, and we'll talk to him about how you might uh, catch up with his uh, with his shows that he uh, that he airs there as well. Alan is a libertarian and a free market advocate, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, as I say, he has many great guests. So uh, we will want to talk to uh, to catch up and find out who some of the people he's been talking to are. And that will come at about four thirty this afternoon. Um, in we will be talking to uh, Mr. Krieger at three uh, thirty, and uh, and then John Robino will be joining me at about four. O'clock, uh, but I mean, the question that I have in my mind is: What are we fighting for overseas? We're in all these different countries. If we are in the process now of destroying the liberties that we have at home, you know the the things that our founding fathers risked their lives for, we're taking those liberties away from us. Then why are we fighting overseas? It seems to me that very possibly uh, that we are in the process of. Uh, the very thing that we're fighting for, we are in the process of, des- of destroying, or at least the things that we're told that we're fighting for. Actually, I believe that uh, the reason we fight wars has very little to do with defending the Constitution. That's, that's what we're told. That's what mothers and fathers are told when they send their kids off to battle to lose their lives, to fight for their country. Well, are they fighting for their country? That's a great question because if our country is, de- is departing from the from the Constitution, then I think it's not really our country, which is why I raised the question. We just celebrated the 4th of July, but did we really? Did we really celebrate the 4th of July? Well, we are going to go to a commercial break now, and when we come back, I'm going to play a couple of sound bites. The first one from Edward Snowden, actually the comments he made the other day from Russia, and then uh, Russell Tice, who some have called the uh, the original whistleblower, the original NSA whistleblower, though I believe there is actually somebody that dates back further uh, that has to do with Senator Wellgreen and uh, his untimely death uh, in the air crash, uh, that, that uh, airplane crash that took his life, his wife's life, and a, a number of staff members. There's a lot of mysteries surrounding that. Uh, and um, there is another individual who I hope to talk to on this show sometime who has commented about that issue as well. Well, we do have to go to a break, uh, but don't go away. I'll be right back uh, with uh, some sound bites from Edward Snowden and Russell Tice. Don't go away. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In this climate of increasing global economic uncertainty, just one safe haven remains, precious metals. 
Led by a strong, proven management team, Prophecy Platinum is actively developing the Wellgreen Platinum Group metals, nickel, and copper property. A large, easily accessible deposit in the Yukon with an estimated resource of 1 million ounces of PGM and gold indicated and a further 11 million ounces inferred. Large deposit, excellent infrastructure, impressive drill results, and increasing international demand. To learn more about Prophecy Platinum and the Wellgreen Project, visit prophecyplat.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Uh, I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I would like to uh, reiterate the message you just heard. I, I would encourage you to send uh, your responses to this radio show from time to time to questions for Taylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number for Taylor at gmail.com. Uh, either in agreement or disagreement with the things you hear on this show. Some of the things that I say, that some of my guests say, uh, are rather shocking to a lot of people. Uh, and if we're wrong, well, we'd like to we'd we'd like to hear the reasons we're wrong about what we're saying, the reasons that uh, the issues that we talk about are out of place. But you know, I think uh, everyone has to do the very best they can to try to understand the world they live in and be as honest as possible about the world they live in. Uh, I think you owe it to yourself uh, and to your family and those you love to try to face reality head on, if that's possible. And sometimes it's not easy. But I think it's it's very necessary to try to do that. Well, that's what we're trying to do today. And I think that one of the most important news issues, the most important news events, notwithstanding the trial that took place down in Florida, very important too in the lives of those people. But from a geopolitical uh, perspective, certainly uh, what Edward Snowden has done uh, regarding uh, – Letting people know what the NSA is up to, I think, is extremely important. And so I'm going to ask Matt uh, now. Matt, would you please play that first clip from Ed Snowden? This was uh, what Ed uh, talked about from the, uh, from the Russian airport the other day. Prism, uh, which is a demonstration of how the U.S. government co-opts uh, U.S. corporate power to its own ends. Uh, companies like Google, Facebook, uh, Apple, Microsoft, uh, they all get together with the NSA and provide the NSA direct access to the back ends of all of the systems you use to communicate, to store data, to put things in the cloud, um, and, and even just to, to send birthday wishes and keep a record of your life. Uh, and they give NSA direct access that, that they don't need to oversee so they can't be held liable for it. Um, I, I think that's a dangerous capability for anybody to have, but particularly an organization that's demonstrated time and time again that they'll work to shield themselves from oversight. Um, the, the, the primary disclosures are the fact that uh, the NSA doesn't limit itself to foreign intelligence. It, it collects all communications that transit the United States. Uh, y- there are literally no 
um, ingress or egress points anywhere in the continental United States uh, where communication there enter or exit without being monitored and collected and analyzed. On top of that, you've got boundless informant, which is uh, sort of a, a global um, global auditing system for the NSA's intercept and collection system that lets us track how much uh, how much we're collecting, where we're collecting, uh, by which authorities, and so forth. Um, the NSA lied about the existence of this tool uh, to Congress uh, and to specific congressmen uh, in response to um, previous inquiries about their surveillance activities. So there you have it from Ed Snowden. At least uh, what he's saying is essentially, from my mindset at least, is a fascist model. He's talking about how all these big companies are sharing information with government that the government then uses to spy on us and not just uh, not just selectively looking for people who are targets, but people who are uh, uh, everybody, just to gather information on everybody, just in case they might need it one day. And why is this really so dangerous? Well, we're going to. Uh, I'm going to ask Matt to play the next uh, the next clip, and this is with uh, Russell Tice, who uh, dates back further and actually first started making allegations about the NSA that, in fact, Snowden is confirming. Uh, and uh, Russell Tice will have something to say as to why uh, Snowden's uh, allegations are so much more important even than his. Uh, but I th- also, I think, some, uh, some insights from Russell Tice as to why this is extremely dangerous, why it matters that the government knows everything about everybody in the country, because they can use it then to control the policies of this country, further taking away the people. You know, this country was supposed to be by the people and for the people. But if there's a group of very powerful corporate interests that are at the very top, that are really the powers behind the throne, and I mean that's something we've been talking about on this show since we had Ed Griffin on, the very first show back in 2009, well, I believe it to be true. And all of these allegations, unfortunately, are confirming uh, my worst uh, fears. But go ahead, uh, Matt, and play, uh, play Russell Tice's clip now, if you would, please. As the ongoing NSA revelations yield more information about the government's secret spying program, the man who leaked the story, Edward Snowden, has been thrust into the spotlight. However, it's important to remember that this is far from the first time someone has come forward to expose the overreach of the NSA. Before Edward Snowden, it was Thomas Drake, former senior executive. And before him, it was Bill Binney, a former intelligence official. But before Binney, the very first person to claim the title of NSA whistleblower is a man you've probably heard the least about. His name is Russell Tice, and he served 20 years within various government intelligence agencies, including the NSA. 2005, Tice blew the whistle on the NSA engaging in unlawful and unconstitutional surveillance of American citizens. So here to tell us his story and why he thinks that Snowden's leaks are just barely scratching the surface, Russ Tice, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. What did you see that made you come out and blow the whistle initially? Well, the first thing I saw was, I'm a satellite system specialist, so with the things that I was doing with satellites, I found out sort of inadvertently that uh, American citizens were being um, spied upon by our space capabilities. So that was my first uh, sort of heads up into what was going on, and I was just shocked because NSA was not supposed to do this. It was against regulation. It was against the law. It was against our Constitution. So it was sort of um, 
it was sort of a come to Jesus moment for me. <laughs> sort of a wake up call there. You've alleged that the NSA abuses go far beyond what people are even talking about right now. How far does it go, Russ? Well, it, it goes very far because initially what I saw was uh, they were targeting news organizations, they were char targeting, targeting U.S. companies that did international business, they were charging, uh, looking at financial institutions, but they were also going after um, the State Department and uh, Secretary of State Colin Powell at the time, and they were going after high-ranking military generals, and that was just with my space capabilities that I saw. Now, later, when I got together with colleagues, and we started to put together the terrestrial side, that's the side that is being done with all those nodes all over the country with the fiber optics and that sort of thing. Then we found out that it got much worse because, and this was just the phone that we were looking at, but it was also being done at the email level, but, but that wasn't the information I was getting. The information I was seeing were phone numbers that were being plugged into a system that was going after uh, people's phone uh, phone numbers and associated numbers and a lot of a lot of numbers I wasn't even sure, but they went after they went after law firms and lawyers. They went after um, more generals. Uh, General Petraeus was one of the guys. It seemed like right about that three-star level was they were going after admirals and generals. They went after the Supreme Court, of which I held uh, Judge Alito's paperwork in my hand, numbers associated with Judge Alito that someone had put into the system that NSA used to spy on Judge Alito. And let's just break this down a little bit because these are explosive allegations right now that I have not heard anyone talk about before, that there are actually orders that you personally saw in your hands to wiretap Judge Alito, high-ranking intelligence officers, David Petraeus, Barack Obama. Wannabe Senator Barack Obama. At that time, he wasn't even a senator. He, he um, had won his primary in Illinois, and I think maybe the catalyst, and I don't, I'm not sure, was the fact that he had just done a big speech at the Democratic uh, Convention. Now, now I, I was at that time a lifelong Republican. I didn't even watch the Democratic Convention. So at the time, it, you know, the significance of it really didn't hit me until later. I mean, I did look up, well, who's this guy, Barack Obama? Well, okay, he made a speech, blah, blah, blah. But then, of course, later, things, you know, started to, you know, come into play that this is our future president of the United States. And you've also said that this is not just in their congressional offices. I mean, we're talking about home surveillance and personal. Correct. This is, this would be, for, for a senator or a congressman, it would be personal phone numbers associated. It would be, and, and a lot of the times I could not tell because there, there, a lot of the numbers were unlisted. And we would go to try to, to, to reverse, to find out where these numbers were. And we were being very careful about it because we didn't want too many people to figure out how we were doing that. But we would find that it would be associated with family members, especially wives or spouses, mm -hmm. you know, the other direction. But it, it would be their, also, their, their district office, if it was a congressman for whatever state, they'd have two or three or four little district offices back home. So, so it would pervasive. be very, yes, it would be very... Um, I guess the next Who's question the, is, who is, who is administering the surveillance? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, it looked like the, inf the, the plugging in of these phone numbers was being done in the evenings at NSA. So almost it was like being done on the sly, even so that most NSA employees did not know what was going on. Now, a high-level person at NSA told me this was being directed from the vice president office. That would be Vice President Dick Cheney. Now, I don't know that for sure, but that's what I was told from a very senior person at NSA.
So high-level Bush administration official, I guess the next question is, why? Why was it being done? I mean, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is blackmail. I don't know the answer to that either. Um, what do you think? I mean, based on your experience, Russ, well, what, what could the reason be to be wiretapping and spying on people like Obama, Judge Alito, Petraeus? I think you hit the word. Uh, you know, to me, I don't know for sure, but that would be a means of control. If you were to look and, and be able to listen to everybody's conversation for years on end, for, for a period of time, you, you could probably find out perhaps some salacious information that could be used to control that individual. Now, you know, if, say, it's the intelligence community. I noticed that the intelligence community is not being hit with the sequester, the intelligence budget. Well, how is that possible? Um, is there some kind of leverage that's being placed on our three branches of government to make sure that the intelligence community is, is gets what they want? In other words, is the intelligence community running this country, not not our government? Um, that's and I guess of, that begs the question: What is there some sort of shadow government at play? I mean, are we talking about the military-industrial complex here? What do you think, as an insider and through all your research and people that you've talked to, who's running the show here, Russ? Well, remember, I don't know for sure. I just know, I just know that a whole lot of people got wiretapped. But if I, if I had to guess, I would say it's the, it's the, the upper echelon of the intelligence, the intelligence community that is running this show. And it um, makes me wonder, people like Dick Cheney, I mean, are they still working behind the scenes? We know that these people have been in, working behind the administration and, and behind the scenes for decades. I mean, Kissinger, all these people, they're kind of, who knows? I mean, do you think that they're still vetting people? like Obama, you know, to get in the positions that he's in. Um, but you know what? Political opponents have been spying on each other for decades. So how is this different now? Well, what, what's different about this is this, this is at the Orwellian scale. This is the, the everything scale. This isn't just Richard, Richard Nixon going after a few, you know, enemies list. This is everybody and everything. And now NSA, <clears throat> excuse me, NSA is literally tapping Every communication, every digital communication in this country, content, not just, not just the metadata, the content. And, w and when they're saying, well, it's not that far, once again, they are lying. They, are, they, they continue to lie about the full capability. Right. What's your response to Obama consistently saying, we are not doing that? <laughs> we, the previous president in, in April of, of uh, 2004, you know, condescendingly pointed at a camera and said, we, we only do such things with a court order. Now, now I did not know at the time that the president was lying because I did not know how high up, you know, that went. But now we know President Bush was lying, you know, blatantly to the American people. So now, now President Obama is lying to the American people. Is it because he's being controlled? I don't know, but I certainly know when he was candidate Obama, even though I was a Republican and I heard that he wanted to stop these things and he was going to make sure that we didn't have national security letters just willy-nilly and, and, right. and, and I say, I, I was for Obama, even though I was a conservative. Um, I can't trust anything. I mean, all these political politicians just seem like actors. I mean, I call DC Hollywood for ugly people. It's as you can't ever tell what these people really think, but I wanted to go into the media because Really, why do you think the media is in a frenzy over Snowden's allegations? Really, you came out eight years ago and said 
almost the same thing, except on a smaller scale, Russ. And really, you've been censored. Tell us your story about trying to get this information out as well. Well, I mean, as I, I, I was trying to get the news out, and I was trying to, with, with Snowden coming out, I figured now was the time to try to right. tell the rest of the story. Because I've been holding on to this for a long time. And I, when I went on Keith Urban's show four and a half years ago, I decided I was going to tell the media that NSA was going after journalists and news organizations, and there seemed to be no interest whatsoever from the media that I was telling that NSA was going after you. So they either considered me a liar, or they considered me, you know, NSA's, you know, oh, this guy must be crazy, or there must be some other interest that was making sure the media was not covering this. Now, I don't know what that is, but I know that it was got, not getting much coverage. So I figured with the Snowden thing, and the difference with Snowden is he has tangible evidence. Mm -hmm. He has paper. Mm -hmm. Now, because he has paper and it has classifications, they are, they are after him because he has the tangible proof of what I've said in the past. It's easy to dismiss me when it's my words, and you just say, well, that guy's a lying or crazy liar. But now we have the proof that what I've said in the past is true. And they want Snowden bad because he's now codified the truth of what is going on with the National Security Agency. You said that we are living in a police state right now. Why? Well, I, I sort of consider this sort of a, a, a light police state because they're, they're hiding the fact that it's a police state. I mean, the fact that they can literally go into all of our communications, all our digital communications, uh, the fact that, you know, it's been disclosed recently that the, the post office is now doing a cover on every tangible letter that goes to the post office. They're taking a picture of everything. They're looking at the, the return address and they're looking at the, the, the main address of who's mailing something. And, and that is also being digitally stored. So every means of communication in this country, everything is being watched by, by the federal government. And that, is Orwellian, and that is a trademark of a police state. Thank you so much. We're going to have to wrap it up now. A lot more to be said. Russ, I'm glad you're in town. I'll have to get you on again soon. Russ Tice, original NSA whistleblower. Thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Russian television, and thank you, uh, Russell Tice, for that as well. Uh, I think it's uh, very, very important that people pay attention to this, examine what Russell Tice said, you know, why is this so important? Well, are they gathering information so they can control policy, the people that are behind this NSA, and the secret court that works to try to hide everything that the NSA is doing as well under the guise of protecting our uh, protecting us. Well, are they really protecting us or are they taking away our liberties and taking away actually representative government, which was what we were, you know, the revolution of 1776 was fought over. No representation, no taxation without representation. Well, I think we're right back to where we were without any rep real representation. It's a guise of representation. It's not really representation. Do you feel that you can go to your congressman and get anything done or that he will even listen to you unless you're paying him big bucks? So why is this important and why is Snowden so important? Well, I think there, there could be some good news coming out of this and we're going to have uh, Michael Krager with us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and I think Michael is very realistic about what's going on, but at the same time is young enough to be optimistic and there are some good things that could come of this. In fact, uh, my wife, Teresa, just recently, uh, a few minutes ago, uh, alerted me to a story that's come over the Associated Press that there's a coalition that is suing to halt NSA electronic surveillance. Well, we're going to have to go to a commercial break now, and when we come back, we'll be with Michael Krieger 
Michael uh, is a describes himself as a recovering Wall Street employee. Michael has had a lot of experience as a Wall Street pro, uh, but he is also a liberty lover and uh, somebody that I'm very excited to have recently met up with uh, at the Liberty Mastermind Symposium in Dallas. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll be uh, we'll be with Michael Krieger. Don't go away. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. SGX Resources is an exploration gold company with multiple advanced exploration projects in the Timmins Gold Camp. Recent high-grade intersections at SGX's Tully Deposit include 14 meters at 20.1 grams per ton and 17.6 meters at 11.1 grams per ton. The deposit is currently more than 600 meters along strike with a depth of up to 250 meters and remains open in all directions. SGX Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange with the trading symbol SXR. Visit our website at www.sgxresources.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time Michael Krieger. Michael describes himself as a recovering Wall Street employee. After college, uh, Michael worked in finance in New York City for 10 years for Lehman Brothers uh, in the oil and gas equity research and then at Stanford C. Bernstein as the commodities trading desk analyst. Uh, he is now a blogger, an activist, uh, an investor, uh, trying to affect positive change in an increasingly authoritative world uh, and a plutocratic United States uh, through his website, libertyblitzkrieg.com. That's libertyblitzkrieg.com. And I would urge all of you to go there and uh, and read the excellent articles that he posts. Uh, if you care at all about the topics that are discussed on this show, if you care about a liberty, if you care about free markets, if you care about being who you are uh, genetically created to be uh, so that you can be free to be who you are and be happy pursue happiness, which is what our founding fathers uh, risked their lives for, then I think you're going to want to go to blitzkrieg.com, read what he has to say. Michael, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. 
Oh, Jay, thanks for that nice introduction. It's great to be on your show for the first time, and uh, I really enjoyed meeting you at Liberty Mastermind Conference. We had some, I mean, we had some great conversations. It's almost a shame weren't, uh, someone wasn't, didn't have on hidden video because they were so good. But, oh, well, maybe the NSA has them. We could ask for them. <laughs> well, the NSA no doubt has them. I think they would probably be people, <laughs> certainly people of our mindset, whether any of us are important enough for the NSA. But listen, if everybody is being everybody is being recorded then you then we're being recorded right now according to uh, Russell Tice everything and every even every piece of mail is being pictured is being photographed so I mean uh, but I do understand though in talking to uh, the people who put on the show that there is a recording of all the speeches that were there so uh, maybe we, I'm hoping in fact to be able to play some of the speeches possibly yours on this radio show and others as well but I, I don't know do you have any information on that you know you know that's a great question, and, and some pe- some of my readers actually asked me about that, and I was I was meaning to email Carrie and Robert about it because I would love to put on you know obviously on my website share with my readers at least my speech because I've never really sure. done anything like that before. But yeah, no, I, I don't know, but that's a really great question, and yeah, I, I mean I that'd be that'd be great if if they were out there because I mean I was I was just blown away by everyone's everyone's intellect and um, you know ability to speak. It was really wonderful. It was a very great event, and I think it was Carrie that I talked to said that they do have a recording of it. So, so, and I'm actually looking forward to uh, to having some of the speeches and probably yours because yours was outstanding. So I would, I would really like to uh, to do that. I would like to share that with people that listen to this show. I believe are very much interested in the things that were discussed at the Liberty Mastermind Forum. So I, I really look forward to that. And if you find out anything, I'm going to try to contact these guys and see if we can pass some of that on. Well, you know, I, I want to get into this discussion of Edward Snowden issue and several other topics as uh, as time permits. But I'm wondering if you could spend a few minutes perhaps to tell our listeners how you have uh, how you gave up a lucrative career on Wall Street to leave uh, New York City and to live in Colorado. Nothing wrong with Colorado. I think it's a beautiful state. But, I mean, you're blogging now. Uh, maybe you're making as much money as you did on Wall Street, but something tells me you might not be. Uh, why did you make the switch, and, and are you happier yeah. now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot in there, but I'll do my best. So, well, obviously, I'm not making anywhere near what I used to make on Wall Street. That's for sure. But I've I've also never been happier in my life. So it's a uh, it's an interesting. I mean, that's sort of what happens sometimes. You just got to follow what you what you, I, I believe you got to follow what you think is right and do your best and you know and uh, try to evolve as a human being really, um, right. which is what I've been you know essentially doing my best at for the last five years or so. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll sort of explain you know what what really shocked me to the point where I had to get out of there. Um, you know, I, like so many other people, um, that go through the establishment, you know, you know, did well in school, got into a good college. I went to Duke university, graduated in economics in 2000. Um, wall street was hiring like crazy. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking too much about what, what I wanted to do with my life. And it seemed like a good opportunity to get back to New York city, which is this, you know, the city of my birth, as I think I've told you, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, get back there and, 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 you know, work, uh, work a job in finance and we'll see what happens. And so, you know, then for the next, gosh, for the next, let's say seven years or so from 2000 to 2007, you know, I kind of had this sort of tunnel vision where you're working really long hours you are being intellectually stimulated. A lot of the people around you are really smart. You're getting paid pretty well. And you don't, you don't, you stop, interestingly enough and, and frighteningly enough, you stop being interested in some of the things you used to be interested in. So uh-huh. you know, I started playing guitar in college and I just stopped completely when I started working on Wall Street. 
I used to read for pleasure books all the time stopped for the most part when I started working on Wall Street. So I, it was almost like everything got consumed by the career mm-hmm. and my other interests just fell to the side. And uh, I just became a very one-dimensional person. And I didn't even know that that had happened to me until my quote-unquote awakening, which happened in, um, it started in around 2007. And what, led, what, what, what started that off is when I just started seeing, you know, the insanity of the Federal Reserve and to, in 2007 into 2008, what they were doing, how they were just protecting the special interests, the TARP mm-hmm. bailouts, rewarding all of the people that screwed up the economy. And then what really turned me for good was when I saw Obama get in there with all that hope and change nonsense, and then he appoints Larry Summers and Tim Geithner to two of the most important economic posts in his administration, which, as you know, uh, Tim Geithner was the head of the New York Fed during the whole whole travesty. Right. And Larry Summers was the guy that most vocally argued for the repeal of Glass-Steagall, which was probably the biggest policy mistake in American history. So, um, so all those things really woke me up. And then w- w- the final nail in the coffin is when I started to see that all of the things they were doing in the name of terror and the war on terror was a clear agenda to take away our civil liberties. Not to protect us, but to take away our civil liberties. And then as someone that watched the towers go down, as someone who, who worked in Three World Financial Center at Lehman Brothers when 9-11 happened and saw the entire thing live and never returned to my building, it was, it was made into a temporary morgue and we never, we never went back. You know, it affected me emotionally and I saw how the U.S. government intentionally manipulated my emotions. Um, to push me into a patriotic fervor and to mm-hmm. not care about my civil rights. And when I realized that they had, they had will, willfully uh, manipulated me like that, I became very, very upset. And then I just had to re- remove myself from, from a job that I didn't feel good about anymore. And that's what I'm doing. And now I'm just writing about all these things. And, uh, and no doubt, uh, are you playing the guitar? Yeah, I am playing a little bit more, but <laughs> I mean, certainly a lot more than I used to before. But, um, but I mean, the blog takes up more. I mean, I've never worked harder before in my yeah. life than I am now. But it's, yeah. but it's, but I feel good about everything I do. So, you're following your passion. You're doing what you're what you're created to do. Uh, okay. I think that's very, very important. I think that's what what I try to do. Probably what a lot of us uh, at the Liberty Mastermind symposium are are doing uh, and that's why we are not in the mainstream it seems to me i understand because i worked in wall street too for a while worked at ing bearings for a while and elsewhere and i know what you're talking about this obsession this working extremely hard to move up the ladder and it sort of just as you say you became one-dimensional uh and and uh yeah i think uh you know i really admire what you've done uh, i think uh why this edward snowden let's go to let's talk about ed snowden and what he's doing i mean people are really the he said that he divulged this information to the guardian uh for the good of the american people and that he means no harm to america do you believe him oh absolutely yeah i mean i see no reason why i wouldn't believe him you know, mm-hmm. from, from every, from, look, the, the fact that what he revealed um, has brought together so many people, so many people from so, such, you know, traditionally distinct sides of, like, the political spectrum. And this is what I've been pushing for ever since the Tea Party and Occupy Wall Street came about, which, uh-huh. was, this, which was this, which was this, look, if you, have, if you have libertarian leanings or, let's say, more conservative, you tend to fall into the GOP umbrella historically, but you have libertarian mm-hmm. leanings. 
or if you or if you tend to fall in the Democrat umbrella traditionally, and you have prog- really genuine progressive ACLU type instincts, you know we are on the same team, and we, you know we agree on the most fundamental issues affecting the mm-hmm. United States today, whether it's central bank central bank and Wall Street power, um, the erosion of civil liberties, all of these things we agree on. And so what I've seen in the aftermath of Edward Snowden is he's done a great positive for America because he's helping to further unite activists and people that care that, that, that traditionally would not see eye to eye on things or realizing that on the big issues we do see eye to eye. And, you know, Daniel Ellsberg, who was famous for releasing the Pentagon Papers back in the 70s, um, you know, he has come out in a strong defense of Snowden and saying that he's the same thing that he did or he's even a more important whistleblower, and that if, if he were Snowden, he would not have stayed in the United States like he did back when he released those papers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all I'm seeing is, is positives from what Snowden has done, as far as uniting the people against a very small oligarchy that's basically bleeding us dry. Bleeding us dry and engaging in a, uh, in a uh, campaign, in a, uh, let's say, propaganda campaign to keep as many people as possible supporting the dollar, supporting fiat money, supporting the game as it's played now. But you mentioned bringing people together, Michael, and I think uh, this, uh, this news announcement uh, that I talked about with the Associated Press uh, just put out a little while ago, coalition sues to halt NSA electronic surveillance program, and it says that it's comprised of rights activists, church leaders and and drug and gun rights advocates uh, that they found common ground uh, in filing this lawsuit against NSA. I mean, that's a pretty diverse group when you think about it. Rights activists, church leaders, drug 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 uh, proponents, gun rights advocates. So, you know, it reminds me one time when I, I talked to Ron Paul and I told him my son, um, his roommate was left of Karl Marx, but now he's one of Ron's biggest supporters. And how do you account for that? And Ron says, I think when you take government away from, uh, if you take government out of people's lives, they somehow come together and learn to live together. And I think there's probably a lot of truth to that because when you think about it, if you know, government taxes you to give to me, it regulates me to give to you. And so it's sort of a natural, it sort of causes a lot of uh, dissension among people. Do you agree with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, look, so I think what Ron is very famous for saying a lot, and he's absolutely correct, is freedom is popular. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a left issue, it's not a right issue. And any charlatan that comes on there and says, you know, uh, America, you know, Republicans care more about freedom, or Democrats care more about yeah. freedom. I mean, you know right then and there, you, t- you shut the TV off or you close that link because that person is lying to you. Um, right. Freedom is not about a political party. It's about the spirit of humanity and the desire for us to be free and to interact and to transact freely um, and to live in political structures that we believe in and that we're part of. And that's what, that's what I think fundamentally um, you know, we need to we need to move forward to, and what fundamentally um, the the country was was founded on, particularly compared to. And I know a lot of people like to go out and knock, you know, the republic when it was first created, because obviously there were plenty of flaws. But I mean, you, why don't you go out and compare it to what the other countries that were out there at the time? And it was clearly a revolutionary thing. It was clearly the best that there was. So let's just let's just be clear about that. Um, there's always room for improvement. But um, but yeah no I think I think that's the bottom line it's it's about it's about freedom and it's not there's no political party behind freedom and mm-hmm. you know you know look if you want to talk about what Marx was saying let's say I mean you know at the end of the day the idea of a top down uh, structure that that creates equality 
um, economically or however you want to describe it, obviously can't work, you know. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons I'm so in favor of decentralization, because that allows different communities to live differently. Like, let's say the people of Boulder, Colorado, want to live so in a socialist city. Let's, let's just say they do. I mean, yeah. why should anyone in Milwaukee have a problem with that? Yeah. They shouldn't. Right, yeah. it's all right as a as a city to do that, and if we wanted to move somewhere, and then you can move somewhere else. And if people right. in you know in Milwaukee wanted to have a more conservative um, society or, or or more of a just completely laissez-faire society, why would anyone in Boulder care about that? I mean, that's what I think the United States was founded on, right? And that's why I never say the United States; I say these United States because right. that's what this country was founded on the idea that it was a bunch of states doing their own thing that were united in existential issues of the country um, to, to come together. But that's it. It was a, it was a contract between states. Yeah. And, and we're seeing a, a movement now on the part of states for a lot of different states' rights, including uh, issues uh, dealing with money, right? Yes. You've seen a lot of bills go forward about, you know, allowing gold and silver to be legal tender in certain states just as laying the groundwork for a, um, in the inevitable collapse of, the, of, of all fiat currencies globally, ultimately. But, um, but you also saw, which we talked about um, in Montana, they passed a bill, it's called House Bill 603, which um, makes, it, makes it illegal for the, for the government to spy on you without a warrant on your mm. laptop or cell phone. And this passed in April with a 96-4 to 4 margin in favor, which is great. And so, you know, a lot of people will say to me, well, you know, like the NSA is going to listen to that. Who cares? It, it matters, though. You know, you don't want to have this defeat, defeatist attitude because if you feel like you can't win or you feel like you can't make a difference, then you won't. Well, that's uh, certainly the strategy of the, of the mainstream is to make you feel that way. And, and no doubt what they want to do with Snowden is to try to scare anyone else from ever doing anything like that, I would imagine, right? They want to send a message to us if they can. Yeah, exactly, which is why it's so great that he left. Because, you know, I, liked, I called him the other day a second-generation whistleblower. And there's two ways you can look at that. A, I mean that in the sense that um, the, the public is more ready and the alternative media is more robust now than it was when people like, you know, you've, you've, you've mentioned, I believe, on your show, and we've had conversations about him, Russell Tice, the original NSA whistleblower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one cared then when he comes, came out. But now people are ready. And so that's why I think Snowden is so important. And people say, well, why now? Why Snowden? Well, because people are ready, you know. And the second thing is, is just the fact that he left. He, was, he had learned from, like, the, the lessons of Bradley Manning, who, of course, um, blew the whistle on the collateral murder video. And, you know, and then he, I guess what happened to Manning? I mean, he stuck around, and he ended up being in jail for three years without a trial. His trial just began a few months ago. Right. Snowden saw that and said, forget this. So, you know, look, even whistleblowers are evolving and learning and becoming more effective. And I think that's great. Well, Bradley Manning's uh, trial hardly gets any coverage at all, does it? Isn't that funny? I mean, I thought about that um, just the other day, uh, particularly in light of the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman trial, which I've purposely not yeah. commented on at all because it's, while sad, it's, it's, it's certainly not what it's being blown up to be. And I just thought to myself, it's like, wow, like, look at the administration and look at the mainstream media blow up this case. Whereas you've got Bradley Manning, a political prisoner, American hero and patriot, who risked his entire life and still may stay in, be in jail for the rest of his life to provide us with information of war crimes that were being committed in Iraq. 
And there's not a peep from the mainstream media about this guy. So it's, in, it, it's it, incredible. It tells you what they're trying to do, what agenda they're trying to set. It's incredible when you think about it. When you put it in those terms, that we have this trial, uh, tragic as it is down in Florida, taking all the space, all the news, and one that is significantly far, far more important to all of us uh, is being ignored. You know, we're out of time already, Michael. I, we'd never even started to touch on the markets. <laughs> all of this has market implific, imp, uh, implications, but as you said, it also has personal liberty implications, which are which is far greater. Ron Paul has said on this show and elsewhere many times, he said, you know, if we are free, we will be okay, we will do, we will be prosperous. But take away our freedom and we will not we will be impoverished, we'll be enslaved, and that certainly seems to be the direction we're going. Uh, Michael, so much more to talk about, but I would just tell people that is a Blitzkrieg uh, tell our people our listeners Liber- Yeah, it's actually Liberty, Liberty Blitzkrieg. So Lib- Liberty B-L-I-T-Z-K-R-I-E-G dot com. And I'm at, at Liberty Blitz on Twitter. And you can get free uh, emails. If you sign up on my site, you can get my, all my posts come right into your inbox for free, no charge. And um, I look forward to seeing a lot of your listeners on my site. Absolutely. Uh, they must go to your site and check things out. And I look forward to talking to you sometime in the near future again, uh, really, Michael, because I know you have a lot of insights. You also have a lot of, I'm sure, you still keep track of what's going on in the markets and have some good uh, advice to give uh, along those lines as well. So we'll look forward to having you back again sometime soon to discuss some of those topics as well as the ongoing fight for liberty. Thank you very much for being with us today. Absolutely, Jay. It was my pleasure. And I look forward to our next conversation. Tremendous. Thank you very much. Well, folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back with another liberty seeker, another liberty fighter, John Rubino. He's going to be back uh, with us right after the break. Don't go away. In this climate of increasing global economic uncertainty, just one safe haven remains, precious metals. Led by a strong, proven management team, Prophecy Platinum is actively developing the Wellgreen Platinum Group Metals, Nickel, and Copper property, a large, easily accessible deposit in the Yukon with an estimated resource of 1 million ounces of PGM and gold indicated and a further 11 million ounces inferred. Large deposit, excellent infrastructure, impressive drill results, and increasing international demand. To learn more about Prophecy Platinum and the Wellgreen Project, visit prophecyplat.com. 